I feel like when you give quote unquote healing for lack of better terms to a person you receive equally. So it, it creates a little bit of a wrong impression of a one-way road. That's never the case in my experience. Same with the drums. I give as much as I also receive for myself. When you make medicine for a person, you make medicine for yourself. So it's a very healing process for me. And I'm like equally vulnerable in a sense than the person who's receiving my medicine. I feel with the work that I do, it's more creating the circumstances that might allow for healing to happen. But I'm not that much part of the process, whether it's artwork or medicine drums. It's more like supporting the circumstances or creating the circumstances. And then you see what happens. It might be healing, it might be empowerment, it might be rebirth. No, like that's not, that's kind of not my business, which is also to me beautiful. <laughs> I love that. Hi everyone, welcome to Psychedelic Conversations. Today with me I have Milena Kraft in the house. Thank you for being with us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. Absolutely, it's it's, it's a pleasure on our end and I'm so happy that you came back. Uh, you are uh, another returning guest and we will add the first episode link into the show notes for our listeners and before we begin and dive into our conversation, I'd like to say a few things about what you do and who you are for our listeners in case they are tuning in for the first time and they're meet, meeting you for the first time. Yeah, sounds great. Milena is a drum maker of traditional medicine drums born and raised in Berlin in a German-American family. She's been diving into the art of drum building for over uh, probably more, more than eight years now right, and um, holds a MA in fashion, costume, industrial design, and is dedicated to the alchemy of the creative journey. That's Milena, and I know she's a, um, she's an artist, and she creates, and she's a dreamer. I love the word that you use, Milena, dreamer, uh, dream work. So there's so many things I want to dive in, but um, let's begin with your journey coming into, first of all, uh, medicine drum yeah I was always super fascinated by the sound of drums and sort of have been around people who are I'm careful with the word but working with shamanic medicine um, and different types of healing medicine and healing work so it's not been such a big leap for me when I was way younger to find my way to the first uh, shamans or healers that I met and, and then when I was in my mid-20s I started learning from someone for several years um, uh, who was indigenous American and he worked with drums so that was like one of his main tools ritual was like the frame or the classroom for the learning experiences so um, I just felt like I need to be around that sound and thought what a beautiful life it would be if I would have that type of powerful sound around in my everyday life um, of course no idea that I would end up making drums for other people but that's where I started making my first own drums and started working with them and over the last uh, three or two and a half years it's become like a full-time thing where I'm, I'm, I'm doing that full-time and mostly sell worldwide mostly to the US and Canada and England and working with people to make very individualized um, personalized medicine drums. So magical like I found you um, online obviously I was looking for a drum mm -hmm. for myself and then yeah. Yeah, you just came up uh, on, it was on Etsy the first time that I, I met you. And now I have two of your drums and I'm looking for the third one already because <laughs> you have the, the latest, the black drum. I think that was so powerful. And mm -hmm. and the reason I start um, stalking you and really like digging into who is this person so when you sent me, when I first purchased and then you sent the custom-made drum to me and I opened it and the first sound of it was nothing like I've heard mm. before in my life because obviously my background is also in the medicine work and I do 
you know attend to and experience different different drums and I had a I had a vegan drum for a long time you know I've I've used those kind of ones before but this was something else and that kind of triggered something in me the need to connect with you and ask you for your journey and how are you making such powerful drums so that was like the first inquiry and then obviously now knowing you after you know for for time looking at your background look at your symbols you're the kind of person what I call embodies what you create as mm. well as a person in everything you do it's all around you and it's very rare nowadays to see someone who's fully immersing themselves in what they say what they speak what they create so I wonder what was that journey like what you know what was that I'm sure it wasn't easy because we now know nothing really gets created you know there is a a very powerful quote that I continually repost on Facebook it says um creativity doesn't come from um talent it comes from uh, pain mm. so I know it's a very paradoxical uh quote but I really love that there must be a a journey of death and rebirth right for someone like your age, you know, you're so young as well, beyond your years in what you create. So what was that like? Mm, well, thank you, first of all, for the for the beautiful reflection of my work. I think um I think on some level the journey was very effortless, and on other levels it was very painful. Um uh I did definitely come pretty much right after arriving on the planet, very close to death and dying and so that's been just part of my experience of coming here um and I somehow feel very close to that experience in a strange way or feel like I remember even though I was a tiny person but um just the knowing of the, this tiny chapter of this human existence being just like a little fragment of the journey I think that's I think that's been literally embodied in in being very very ill when I arrived um I think on one hand making my medicine drums is like the easiest thing I could possibly do on this planet just because it like comes to me and like it's almost like it just falls into my lap and I just have to make the space around me so in terms of career and in terms of making money and being like you know human with like a practical uh, job or work to do everything else I tried was really difficult and um it was finally when I realized just being totally independent and freelance and being my own boss and or having spirit be boss um that makes most sense to me and then it's effortless and then I can just be like um in my own beat like literally with the drums and in my own flow of when I create and when I rest and when I do other things um I agree that there's some mystical process where even when it feels like doodling or playing around and doing something very that's very easy for me, like making the drums and painting them, there is something where I sometimes underestimate what I actually put into my work because it feels so joyful and playful to me. Um, and I do sometimes notice also how much I'm actually in my customer's field when I make a drum for another person, which... Again, it feels so easy and natural to me that I don't even really recognize that I'm doing it sometimes. But then when I make a drum for just myself, it's like such a difference. It's just, oh, that's just my own energy. Um, whereas the other process feels more like immersed in someone else's field. Even when I don't custom paint the drum, it's not my medicine. Um, so it's like making this bundle for another person that I just hand over. And I'm like the crossroads of the not visible <laughs> and then the the practical thing that's there at the end of the work day that I send off to wherever the person is who's, who's, who's waiting for the drum to arrive. Um, but yeah, I think in that sense, there there's ease in it and there's flow in it and mystery in it. And there's also giving something of yourself or and I don't want to say sacrifice. That's maybe a bit of a strong word in this context, but energy. I put energy into it. And and um, and sometimes I'm, I'm very much in... in in the field of the person that, that gets the drum. And I, I keep being surprised by the intensity of that myself, even though I've been doing this for a while. Like, I think I keep underestimating it sometimes. It's, it's still a learning journey and curve for me. Yeah. Yeah. I, f I just almost want to put out a disclaimer <laughs> because uh, you, you, you seem to be able to tune in so much into people. 
And because um, I knew, I know we also took a journey together, like a six-week cycle of a journey together mm-hmm. uh, with medicine. And and the level of attunement you have into the field was just overwhelmingly intense and surprising. And yeah, for me to to observe that was. I mean, I have met people in my life who can tune in to other people's fields and energies, which they call themselves healer, but you never do that. You just say you're a creator or an artist or, a, uh, you know, you work with the medicine in the field. Right. So that's really interesting to me because lo- uh, another person in your position would easily claim to be a healer. Yeah, I think that's that can be a little uh, distracting. I think I, I like to be mindful with language. And I think um, yeah, sometimes it's just better to be things than to claim things. And it gives you space and privacy. I like to be pretty invisible in some realities to just do my own thing and be like undistracted and, and not get carried away in any sense or, you know, not not get distracted by by noise that I might create myself. And then Terms like yeah, heal, healer and healing work. I mean, doing healing work again, I guess, has a different type of nuance than saying I'm a healer. And I also feel like, especially with these terms that come from indigenous communities and our own indigenous ancestors, also in, in Central Europe, it's better if your community gives you that title than to claim yourself. That and also, I just felt like it's a pretty intimate thing for me. Um, so I, I also don't like to attach like a sense of authority to it, where I can also just have space to do what I like doing um and then the other thing is I feel like we talked about this before there's sometimes just so much projection when you give yourself this position and um it creates sometimes a distance to other people that I don't find um helpful or that you have these projections of being the gifted one and maybe that's just not accurate because everybody in the room is equally gifted and you know so I I I appreciate um doing things instead of <laughs> uh, claiming it and, and also try to do that in my artwork I feel like the more neutral the language sometimes uh, there needs to be precision it's not about being very open but at the same time there's a there's something that happens that's very helpful to the actual um, process of creation but also to the connecting like in your beautiful group um, when we don't start with like creating these terms and hierarchies that come with that yeah, so wonderful, like to to listen your perspective on that, because, you know, now in the uh, emerging uh, new age spirituality, we have all these concepts and labels people give them to selves like healers, not to dismiss. I mean, mm-hmm. by far, it's just a reflection and acknowledgement. And I, 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 I do I do agree with you because um, where did I hear it? I, I read in an article somewhere. I can't remember now. I can't reference it. But. It was almost like going to paraphrase it. So it's almost like um, um, nobody can, nobody heals nobody. So no one can heal another person. Mm-hmm. But you can only be um, a channel, a, mm-hmm. a portal, or a guide, or a facilitator for the healing that the the other person undertakes. Therefore, claiming all the credit is not really a, a good thing. It doesn't right. really help. Right, and also I agree, and also. To add to that, I feel like when you give quote unquote healing for lack of better terms to a person, you receive equally. So it, it creates a little bit of a wrong impression of a one-way road. That's never the case in my experience. Same with the drums. I I I, I give as much as I also receive for myself. And when you make medicine for a person, you make medicine for yourself. So it's a very healing process for me. And I'm like equally vulnerable in a sense than the person who's, who's receiving my medicine, um, which is great. Like that's part of the part of the magic of it. I fully agree that it's important to have these um, terms like healer in your personal experience. Like that can be so empowering to recognize the part of ourselves that's like, oh, I long to heal on this planet. Like I long to bring that to people. Um, I feel with the work that I do, it's more creating the circumstances that might allow for healing to happen. But I'm not that much part of the process, whether it's artwork or medicine drums. It's more like mm, supporting the circumstances or creating the circumstances. And then you see what happens. It might be healing. It might be empowerment. It might be rebirth. Who knows? Like that's not that's kind of not my business, which is also to me beautiful. <laughs> I love that. There's so much humility in there and, and maturity in there. Um, I feel like you create a literal physical tool we can hold in that healing process of another human or another person. Um, I feel so aligned because I feel like 
I, I feel like I want to do the same and I have been attempting to do the same and creating the conditions, just mm-hmm. creating the conditions and then taking a step on the side and let mm-hmm. whatever this energy comes in to do. Because we are, like you said, we we are, there is a reciprocation going on. There's a law of receiving and giving, which I wish maybe the right term would be, uh, we are healers, but also the healy in the process because continually mm-hmm. there is a flow of... Um, the more of that neutral, you know, uh, facilitation in the healing of any sort, I think we heal the most ourselves, right? Yeah, and 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 that's I guess how it should be. Like that's important to to yeah to not take for granted if we have gifts of perception or gifts of I don't know. Some people just have incredible healing touch or whatever it is or or work with language in a way that opens up spaces for people to to follow into and um i i think it's important to to relate to your own gifts um but uh it's also important to be aware that you've been also given that gift (laughs) as as someone who's you know i didn't invent the things that i create i it's it's a very humbling position to be in and it keeps being a humbling position to be in for sure yeah totally um what do you think of you know what do you think of the pain being the algorithm like having gone through such a life transforming experience can almost be the unlocking process of um i don't know some very much deeper connection what are your thoughts on that i mean for sure being in a position of going through intense pain as catapulting us into a different chapter oftentimes where we wouldn't maybe go if we were not being really pushed hard or pushing ourselves hard sometimes i also feel like um situations where we experience an intense or subtle loss of control has a feeling of initiation to it that um can be in so many contexts certainly in in healing or in the psychedelic experience where like i surrender to this moment or i give up the idea of being able to control what's happening to me um which i i find extremely exciting and same in the process of creating art like there's an idea or there's a roadmap and then there's the i have no idea and it might be painful and it might feel like dying or it might feel like partial dying like a part of myself is clearly not going to be able to be carried along and that's usually a really good thing but terrifying for like the change in the psychic landscape you know so um yeah i feel like there's so much to be said about that i i i keep being surprised by the, the the in in the recent past by how often pain functioned functions as initiation and how it makes us go places that are important to experience because we come out different and um, like falling into the fire of life or into the fire of art. But then you know something about yourself that you didn't know before, even though you might not have language for it or words for it, you've experienced yourself in a new way that's usually leading to growth. Um, so so terrified and grateful <laughs> for the whole spectrum of that, for sure. Such a paradox, right? Yeah, <laughs> and I love that. I love that part about it, too. Yeah, you, that, what you said is really, really powerful. So you said, just trying to reinforce that. Um, I find like this is gives this gives me chills. So the, anytime we is, experience a moment where we're not in control, or or that we, how did you say it? And it's yeah. Listen again. Um, it has a feel feel of an initiation to it. Say that again. Mm-hmm. That was so profound. Yeah, I feel like pain can give us pain has an initiate initiate yet feels like initiation. I, I I try to say it more precise, but I I feel it changes painful experiences change us in a way that are necessary and uncomfortable or just like plain painful, um and and give us a new way of relating to ourselves and then to others too and to the world. And I love the um the mystery of. I mean, we're never in control, but we usually have that like idea of like, this is the containment that I know what's going to happen. We don't. Um, and I think I love when we are actually like in touch with the being fully aware that we have no control. And that can be in the process of creating, in, in my experience of artwork, 
it definitely can be in relationship. We don't know what we're going to feel for a person. It's terrifying. Like the openness that many of us long to feel comes with so much pain and so much scary and terrifying experiences, whether that's romantic relationship or with children or family um, or to self. But the, the initiation is the like falling into that and, and allow, allowing that to take you um, and to, to kind of spit you out a new person in a way. Because I really believe that even if you, even a subtle change kind of means a complete change. Like even if just a part of me has to die or has to be left behind for the journey to continue in a way that I like, it's kind of a complete change. Like the entire system is readjusting around that, that little fragment maybe that's left behind. And I feel the same way when I paint the drums, like there's like this whole cosmology of the drum, of the symbols or colors or totems that I put on. Even if I take one thing out, the entire thing is different and I need to like reset up the whole thing. I find that um, um, I, I like I like that about the, the, the terrifying process of surrendering into pain and then and feeling like it, it feels like initiation. There's there's a before and there's an after. Yeah, and each initiation could lead to trust, mm-hmm. our own internal trust, which mm-hmm. is the issue. So here is the little reflection question for us. So then, if we were to be educated on pain, having I mean, sounds so esoteric, but it shouldn't be. Isn't it interesting? Like anytime we have these deep conversations, it feels it feels almost esoteric, but it shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. I think this is what we're missing. You know, I spoke to um, a very credible doctor in the U.S. who uh, administers ketamine infusion therapies, and he said he has a he has a quote where he says, "Unless we bring in the spiritual, the mystical into the equation, we are not going to be able to address or find any uh, type of." Uh, resolution to the mental health mm-hmm. i feel like nothing sounded so so truer than than what what he said and mm-hmm. i was thinking maybe we can um maybe it's time for some of us who are in this container of going through the similar transformational processes to uh maybe spread this conversation like you're in berlin i'm in the uk and, and i speak to so many amazing guests around the world in different parts of the world and like we can all start maybe uh, developing a language for the new generations to to normalize to normalize that life in itself is an initiation and has stages and and phases that we all need to understand and not just associate pain with something we need to get rid of as, as soon as possible mm-hmm. uh, with uh, some pharmaceuticals or a doctor or someone who can fix it from the outside i'm not saying uh it's not a bad idea or a good idea it's just of course you know if there's pain you want to get some relief you know we never underestimate the suffering and the pain that people go through which is absolutely humbling and you know acknowledging all of that but somehow maybe we can alleviate or find some relief in rewording and bringing some kind of language that doesn't have to sound esoteric but very normal mm-hmm. in our day-to-day lives yeah. that's kind of my intention mm-hmm. and i feel like that makes so much sense also in relation to your work and uh, working with psychedelics just the softening up because i feel like the um, i in my perception and i'm sure in in bubbles like i move in social bubbles as we all do but i feel like in my perception there is a just a collective moving towards less numbness which which automatically feels you know means more pain also more feeling also means more feeling of what we don't want to feel and i think i i would like to hope that that's that that's maybe normalcy eventually and i mean i was just thinking maybe we'll have many many words for pain because <laughs> it's such a variety of different types and um uh, and and sort of um also use art more to embrace that that doesn't mean it has to be hyper spiritual or hyper emotional but i think i love to see when people who make art are conscious of the space that they create or hold or take and the platforms that they have and then how can that be 
meaningful and 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 open up people who receive or see it which also means the artists themselves have to be able to go there with themselves to allow others to do the same and i think i think that's often the best we can do to 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 do the work ourselves and that enables and gives permission to everybody around us. I mean, we all know the feeling somebody's sharing something and we were like totally shocked by the honesty and the tenderness of, of their sharing. And suddenly we share too when we didn't plan or we cry when we didn't plan to pie and cry, cry in public or, you know, um, or reveal ourselves in a way that's vulnerable and uncomfortable. I think that's so empowering and so precious. Yeah, absolutely. I think this is what's, what's missing on a general spectrum of like where we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you work with a lot of symbolism. Look behind you, you have a, is that a dried um, <laughs> a twig? And then you have these yeah. symbols, like then you have something else on your left. I know you you draw on your drum. Is it freestyling painting on your drums? Do you just go with the flow in the moment, right? Yes and no. I think some people, they feel completely different depending, I want almost, almost want to say the personality of the drum. <laughs> The personality of the person who's going to be the keeper of the drum. Some are entirely freestyle, and I just start writing these symbols and cosmologies. Some are extremely fine-tuned, planned with many, many sketches and a lot of communication about the design of the drum. Um, that totally depends on the person. I and also for myself, some of them I I just want to see what comes, and some of them are like almost like architectural uh, architectural maps or with like precision. Um, and both is very exciting and both takes me to an unexpected place and both feels a bit unforeseen and both make me feel very much get, getting lost in them. Like sometimes when I'm sitting late at night and I have my headphones on and I'm drinking tea and I, it's almost like going into a labyrinth, like a three-dimensional place when it's like 3 a.m. and I'm like totally surprised <laughs> that I'm still sitting in, in my room. Um, and then usually the next day I'm incredibly uh, surprised that the whole thing is relatively small. Like it feels when I'm making it like an actual dimensional reality. And then usually it's just like a, a drum or, or a piece of paper. And I'm, I'm very surprised next morning or days later when I find it, I'm like, oh, it actually fits on this, on this piece of paper when it felt like an entire huge planet or dimension or jungle. Um, where sometimes it can be nerve-wracking. If I'm in the middle of it, I, I cannot stop because I'm like, I need to know... Like it needs to be a complete thing before I can put it aside. Sometimes I work on it over weeks and I keep coming back to it and, and see what it wants to be, like the the stepping out of the way and following its lead or finding its heartbeat. And some of them I find extremely unrelatable and I don't even know what they are. And some of them feel like family and old friends that like make me like this like cosmic homesickness <laughs> that feels like, oh, like this longing feeling and and it's interesting how people respond to them too, that, that, that there is there is response for sure. And some seem to be almost invisible to many people, but then some people are like, oh, I've got the symbol, what is that? And, and feel very, very strongly about it. Um, and uh, it, it's, it's pretty mysterious. Um, but I do feel like um, it, in a broader sense that somehow Psyche knows how to translate symbols in a way that we cannot really quite grasp. And in a way that just somehow makes sense to us and on a very, almost in our bones, very deep level. Gosh, I love this. I want to say so many things. So <laughs> hold on. Right. I'm going to try and bring a few threads into this conversation. <laughs> First one was, um, you said, um, uh, you said, uh, getting out of the way. I felt like that was more what I've been using lately for the first time in my life. Uh, currently my life feels like I finally let go of the steering wheel like in full trust of where life wants to take me and where this whole thing that I'm creating wants to take me and as you said about going into these dimensions and the jungles and the cosmos all you do is at the end of it when you do finish completion it's just a drum that you can hold um kind of feels like that. I feel like there is a labyrinth or some kind of a mystical different path that are presenting itself. All I want to do is close my eyes and just trust and take the steps, mm-hmm. uh, which is a very unique experience. And I, as you said that, it reminded me of my journey currently. 
of uh yeah taking off hands from the steering wheel which feels like that for you so when you sit down to create this drum there is this whole journey you take and it could be a journey to cosmos and back all the familiar places and then back and then suddenly it is all tied into this literal physical drum mm -hmm. which then is the portal mm -hmm. to the dimension mm -hmm. of so it's like with with your drum that you sent to me i felt like you've done that journey already and now you presented it with this drum to me mm -hmm. and that's what it felt like i think that was the vibration and the power that i felt as soon as i hit that drum i felt it's almost like you said there are things psychically we cannot comprehend it literally the vibration of it when it i wanted to cry it almost like i felt what you did in order to send that to me mm -hmm. there was this there was this, yeah, connection to what you had to go through in order to make this happen. Mm -hmm. As you said it now, I'm getting more clarity in why I felt so connected to it in the first place and what were, the, what were my feelings around it. Mm -hmm. It makes so much sense. Right. Yeah, it's, it, it's, it's strange because it's so, I feel like I have so many thoughts and feelings and words for it at the same time. It's, there's clearly a realm where like language ends and art and poetry and perception begins and the dreaming of that those realities begins um but it, it's almost like gathering those bits and pieces from so many different realities and so many like different um spiritual lineages of so many different people and and so many different realities that some of them feel very much like located on the planet or in the actual earth and in the roots which also always really exciting for me um um but then some feel like way beyond the dimension of the physical material universe, which is, uh, yeah, I, I hesitate to give language to it, but um, it's definitely a, a journey to to gather those puzzle pieces and then have there be a living thing at the end. Because um, it does feel like the drum is a, a living being even before it has its body, um, for sure. And yeah, you brought up so many things. I feel the same. I was like, God, there's so much that I want to respond to. Where do we even go? Um, also, what you said um, about the, um, the the leaving the driver's seat and and you know that image that you used of the steering wheel, it totally reminds me of 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 channeling and of the just the creative journey. The, the exactly like making a drum, like just stepping out of the way at the same time. In both cases, is a, a, a kind of skill I guess needed or a muscle that needs to be trained to be able to hold and receive and and contextualize and um if you if you feel like you're doing that motion overall in your life i'm also wondering because we cannot be in constant free fall right like it, there needs to be either the idea of containment i guess or um some type of guidance or, or trust um but then i guess the the evolution of that experience is the the more I move over, the better I actually feel, or the more relief there is, and and the more understanding of that I actually am not in control, and it eventually that moves from being terrifying to being a huge relief, or being even a playful thing, or or part of the psyche is being kick, is kicking in and and rising to the occasion, and then again like initiation, and then um, part of the psyche is activated because you're doing something different, and then part of the self comes in with a new, like claiming a new set of skills because, because that's the thing that we have to grow into. We, we, I guess we have to learn. And and, that, and that's a mysterious thing in and of itself, getting yeah. there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I would love everyone to experience this at some point in their evolutionary journey, being in this body and experiencing life from this, you know, three-dimensional space um it there is there's so much that comes up to me on the idea of letting go of the steering wheel trying to be the driver and sitting in the driver's seat all the time i feel like we are uncovering or restoring or reclaiming something that was already put inside of us by the creator or the creation it's like we all have this potential all of us every single human yeah. in this body we all have it and I feel like um, 
what really helped on a practical level, what really helped helped me and helps me even now, I found so much uh, value and preciousness in um, manifesting the right mentors in mm-hmm. the right areas uh, to just point me to the path, like, just go here and just, you know, this is the process, just come with me, just go here and go here and go there. And, and then all of them, again, um, obviously me observing them, for example, when I look at you and I observe you and what's created by you, uh, I already am inspired to do more of the letting go of the steering wheel. Mm-hmm. This time I want to not just let go of my steering wheel, but I also want to close my eyes. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's like, um, there are people that we can draw inspiration, energy, and motivation. I think there is this algorithm between human to human. Mm-hmm. When one, and you said this earlier, uh, as we do our own, we give permission or almost like um, help unlock others to do the same. Mm-hmm. And and the reason we can do that, maybe from my understanding, the psyche knows things that we don't, like we, we cannot comprehend, therefore... Um, we get touched by this. Like we don't know how, who said what and what, which book said it or which guru or the person, but we carry something that gets ignited each time we uh, do those things for ourselves. And then before you know it, um, that is reinforced in creating so much more capacity. And then before you know it, maybe you can take your hands off a little bit for two, two seconds and then go back again. And that space is like going through eye of the needle. Yeah. Once you taste it, yeah. Once you feel a little bit of what that is, I think it just grows. You yeah. you, you do more of that. I think so. All of the all of this to say is come back to. We need more people around who are able to let go of the steering wheel, mm-hmm. demonstrating it, integrating it mm-hmm. into their lives, so they embody it when we see them. Mm-hmm. That touches something. It's like um. You know, this was happened with us uh, in a sound sort of drumming. Um, It was my early time with the ayahuasca medicine and it was a facilitator was from a a native Peru. Uh, She, she said something very profound in a, in the dawn. It's like sun, sun was just looking all red and coming up and all of us, we sat with the medicine held really well by the way that that session was really tightly held in, incredibly safe and and then um there's a lot of drumming in that session and and she said to me you know you know you know susan i think just us this group like the circle that here we are doing this tonight um guess what it probably touched many people in the surrounding areas in their sleep mm-hmm because of your courage and everyone else's courage here tonight, mm-hmm. the people in our surrounding area, probably how many miles yeah. radius, she said, they're going to wake up feeling a little bit more touched and better. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so that's that's the energetical human connection that we we touch people in many ways we don't even understand. But yes, this definitely. is what we speak to about the psyche mm-hmm. also. Mm-hmm knowing the symbol knowing what to do with it and understanding it resonating with it mind doesn't have to know really much about yeah that. yeah i fully agree and also the the moving over from the steering wheel can look so many ways right like for different people um on a practical level and internally but um i think i think the for a lot of my artwork, I feel like that's the, the touching people would be one of my only quote unquote goals, if you will. I I like to to again have like a roadmap, but also to see where it goes. And I think the the um, also thinking of the performance art project I did this summer. I guess the only thing I was hoping for was for people to be touched in some way. And I don't want to take people's time and energy and presence. For them to to not feel something um which because i'm a very gentle person i wouldn't want to work with like shocking people <laughs> in my artwork but i really experience that people are very touched by beauty and i think it's one of the most beautiful qualities we have also just as human beings to be able to create beauty i think that i don't take that for granted i think that's pretty mysterious and pretty wild and precious to 
to be able to perceive it, to be able to create it. And I, it gives me a lot of hope. And I feel like I can speak much more clear if I create beauty with my hands or my words or with sound or with visuals um, than if I would be in a field where I would have to explain things. Doesn't mean that I cannot explain what I do, but I feel like I can touch way more people in, in, in deeper ways um, with beauty and with, with my artwork. And again, it, it also means that I have to be uh, very pretty open and vulnerable in the, in the creating process and to the, to the journey of being taken somewhere. Um, have to be pretty tender and stay stay in that place without trying to be in too much control and kind of walk into the unknown. Um, pretty pretty much that um, for other people to be able to be touched in a way or also be touched by that unknown, um, um, when they witness or receive, um, whatever that is. Yeah, so powerful, so powerful, honestly. Um, I think you, sh you should be uh, recording all these conversations <laughs> and put it on a, a radio channel <laughs> on a constant run. Seriously, it's 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 so touching in so many levels, and um, I feel like this is a very the kind of conversation that I wish I could have every day, mm. um, and really kind of expanding the boundaries and really outstretching. Uh, tapping into the more, more of the power of what we can understand and grasp. So really appreciate that. Um, tell us more about your performance art project the, the in Berlin. Um, yeah. I'm aware of it and I know it's like <laughs> a massive project that you had to pull it together. Tell us, walk us through what that was like. Yeah, thank you so much. I I it's so funny because I, I noticed as I was in it and also thinking about it later, how much it just is literally everything we just talked about. It felt like initiation. It felt like walking into the unknown. It felt like moving over from the steering wheel. Um, it felt like having kind of no idea what's happening and kind of like going into labor in public with almost 400 people watching and not really knowing what's going to land in my hands at the end of the day. Um, which both incredibly terrifying and so beautiful and so energizing and and and, and humbling. Um, I was uh, curating and creative directing the performance, and it was part of a, a, a cultural festival here in Berlin called Kultur Sommer Festival. Um, and they were super gracious and generous and amazing with me and supported the whole um, project and and performance and gave me a platform to create for just one night so it was literally a creation that was just coming into existence for one evening and that's it um and i didn't have a lot of time but i it was i couldn't have planned this it was as if everybody who needed to be on board just suddenly showed up in the strangest ways literally massive confusions with names online and then finding the right person even though you know like even though i was looking for someone out like that kind of absolutely wild cosmic coincidences. And so I had about two months to to create a team of different artists that I um, uh, had a wonderful collaboration with. Um, there was contemporary dance part of it. There was a sound performance, very ambient, droney, very more like a um, soundscape um, than music. There was uh, one acoustic instrument violin from an amazing violin player from Chile. And there was poetry in it from an incredible spoken word artist. Um, and so what I hoped for, the whole thing is called Alchemy Part 1 and 2, Subversive Tenderness was the subtitle, which perfectly touches on everything we just <laughs> talked about. Um, I, I um, wanted to create something where different art forms sort of touch each other, where every artist is creating sort of a circle with their own language of their own art form in the performance and then see where they overlap or how they echo back from each other. And um, we had sort of a plan. There was a bit of a roadmap. There was a bit of like, this section is about this long, this section is about this long. And at, this, at the same time, there was openness for whatever happens in the moment. And we had an incredible location on the hill outside of Berlin in the woods where there's this radar station. So it's a, the most spacey looking strange both very urban because it's like covered in graffiti and at the same time it feels so remote. It could be perfect for a film of like Stanley Kubrick or Tarkovsky movie. 
um, and a strange, beautiful, industrial 19th century bunker type of space that we used, which to me, that's important. I love working with spaces. So I like want to see how it feels. And incredibly enough, the way that the artists that I work with felt the same way, like how can we express the, the presence of the space? But then also be very tender in our art forms, especially for the dancers, because they did the most, I guess, improvising. Um, so they would move through the crowd as as the people were already in the space and got super close also because it was incredibly packed, but at the same time would respond to the energy in the space. So I didn't really rehearse with them the way they moved or the way they did, because I can't do that. They can't do that. They're like um, antennas or like tuning forks. So um, that part was so exciting to me to like work with such incredible people and fully like trust their skill and their perception. And then the poem was about belonging and identity. And it was both extremely personal and autobiographical and very tender. But it also touched on super universal human feelings and challenges. And so um, talking about belonging and identity and family and closeness, um, I, I guess, even though it was very personal to the writer and the poet, um, definitely couldn't help but, I mean, I, I had chills when we rehearsed even. I was I thought I could, let's just I was just hoping to not cry at the actual performance. <laughs> and then I was like, hey, whatever, surrender, I might. <laughs> um, so it was um it was basically um my personal idea was to have the stage space be an altar. What if the entire space that we're in is an altar and the actual performance is an offering or a prayer? Um which all of that feels very tender and personal to me, which um, kind of allowed for for something that was exactly that. Some people cried. <laughs> Some people would like hold hands. A lot of people came and were like, oh my God, I had chills the whole time. Um, and, and it was exactly that, walking into the unknown and sort of knowing that this is really, really good. Like whatever comes next feels really good, but at the same time being entirely open and and also letting the crowd and the audience uh, co-shape the entire thing because it was it ended up being so full um, that the dancers almost couldn't move through the space. Um, so these kind of things, I was like, you know, what's going to happen? But then all these small ways in which, on a most practical level, even the people who were present um, impacted everything and how everything went down. Um, and I was just incredibly grateful because the team was an absolute dream to work with. We, were, we, we grew really close in a very short amount of time. We had just two months to to literally fly in people from England and from Chile and from different German uh, countries to to create this. Um, um, and uh, I, I, I will definitely, it was definitely one of those things where for me, I, it changed me a lot to be able to work with these people and to be able to um, share with the world something so precious that came from such a personal, close, precious heart related space for me but then putting it out there not really knowing what's going to happen which is kind of the the exciting thing about performance um yeah wow just listening to you just wanted to be there I wish I could have attended I know you invited <laughs> me kindly we, we both had probably similar initiations during summer last summer mm -hmm. like one of the most profound uh shedding layer moment for me as well mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, so Milena for our listeners I want to with excitement tell them that you will be collaborating with me and we will be offering a humble workshop uh, just waiting for the divine timing for us mm -hmm. to yeah we did talk before the camera was running that we we kind of like it feels like this collaboration idea you and I had very long time ago now Mm -hmm. It feels like again another rebirthing or a birthing mm -hmm. process. It's 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 so it, it feels like um it feels so arduous to bring it together, but then it's almost like um also trusting there's a process to this, that there is a meaning and trust mm -hmm. that needs to take place, but also the divine timing element. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's definitely coming. Fall is a great time. So we're yes. going to be bring this. Uh, to life and I just wanted to share with our listeners that we will be um, emailing so if you're not subscribed yet please do subscribe so that you could be informed Milena has been already doing a little scaffolding on that and structure on it uh, a little bit and 
would love to share what we're going to bring together uh, and share with you. And probably it will be a smaller group, but uh, surely it's going to be exactly what we what needs to happen or how yeah. it needs to emerge. So that's an exciting, exciting thing. And tell us about some of the things that you will be bringing to this workshop, like your your work, your art, your your creativity, mm-hmm. to give a little bit of an insight what yeah. they should be expecting if they uh, wish to join us. Yeah, sure. I think um, I would be very happy to, to definitely bring the drums into the space so that they can take over and so that we can work with our um, spiritual perception and acoustic perception because... Um, that seems to be a very like fast track into spaces um, where there's less resistance and where everybody can just follow their own um, landscape of images and vision and dreaming and wherever they're taken by the sound of the drums is the right place. So I think um, that would definitely be exciting to to introduce the drums and to to practice working with them. Even for people who don't work with drums, I find it very helpful to get in touch with your own perception. Um, and to trust that, to grow into talking about trusting, talk about trusting um, your own connecting. I think it, I think it would be about cultivating relationship, cultivating relationship to totems and spiritual ancestors and land and trees and clouds, just like the connecting. I think strengthening that could be um, part of that and communicating with that, I think would be the next step. So depending on how much time you have, I think that would be very exciting to to, to um, not stay in this feeling of isolation, but be like, okay, I want to be in relation to all that is. And I actually can do that all the time. And I actually can speak and communicate with everything always. Um, I think that would be um, a very exciting journey to go on. And it would definitely be open to um, people who feel they haven't been as much familiar with this kind of work, but also people who feel like they are aware of like a support system or a tradition that they've been working with or uh, I think that would be um, pretty cool to 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 keep it as open and to um, find a good um, balance of sort of dream work, intense ritual, and um, learning, but then also regeneration and, and deep rest and um, and really letting letting your body take in the sound and and the medicine and to to go out um, um, regenerated. Yeah, and also the connection with one another, holding a circle. Because this is, again, sounds esoteric, but it's not. It's just, <laughs> again, this is another uh, mission that I want to go on to normalize ritual, connecting, mm-hmm. creating circles mm-hmm. of deeper inquiry, connection, mm-hmm. and connection to the land. You know, recently I've been having a lot of conversations with different people about UK, like why am I based in the UK? Um, because it's so dark gray and so on and so forth. I thought, I don't think so. There is a very special connection between between the, the land here and I. There is this, I don't know why I'm here because my background isn't, um, you know, I'm not from the UK, but I landed in the UK when I was a teenager and mm-hmm. I've not gone anywhere since then. And in one of my medicine experiences, it was very apparent and clear to me that I needed to be here. Mm-hmm. There is a there is a unique energetical history for this land that I needed to understand mm-hmm. more and connect more. Right. And then I kept thinking about the the pagans and the Juriids and the the those people that walked on this land. And mm-hmm. uh, one of the archetypes came through was the archetypal insight was that um, this land they know how to do metamorphosis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was really interesting how that came through. And so I want to investigate into more of that and probably we'll bring up some of those mm-hmm. connection to the land and the, mm-hmm. everything and the energies uh, in yeah. that workshop. Really looking forward to it. Yeah, I think that's part of the beauty. I think it's the same as with the performance. There would be a roadmap and an idea of what we're doing. And then we would see who's actually showing up and what's needed at that time. And what does the group need and what does the land need? Like very simple. Like we can just have like a, you know, set of rituals ready to go. And at the same time, and like a time frame, obviously. And at the same time, see what what fits, what makes sense that day, who's there, what's the energy levels, what's the needs of, of the individuals, or the also like spiritual gifts, like specific flavors that come in, like might be very earthy, might be super cosmic, you know, that kind of thing. That's like the the surprise 
part of it that I find very, very interesting. Mm -hmm. I feel like calling it, um, like, it's almost like a, a practicing, like the first step into taking your hands off the step <laughs> and really going with the flow. Yeah. 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 I feel like one person that I learned from, he, he talked a lot about um, those really hardcore old school um, shamanic work of like when you when you learn as a student and he always used this like you know they would like hang you up the cliffs so you change your belief systems in one blink of an eye because you know they will actually drop you if you don't and nowadays we just go a little more gentle and and take a little longer so that we we like uh, spoon feed the mind to expand in a pace that makes sense and where all parts of us can grow together and where the body can hold us and the mind still can like track what you actually did um, which I find important and where we find the language that sort of makes sense and is free of ideology, but it's also precise. Um, so so I think, that, yeah, that sounds exciting. And also what you said about about, about being in the UK, I mean, first thing that I, I'm, I'm thinking, there's so much beauty there too, right? Um, but I also think, uh, well, one, there's beauty in every type of land. And then two, um, you're, you're probably doing your work where you most need it or where you most received um, by most people and where you most hurt, like the, the echo that you send out is being picked up by a lot of people and, and, and mirror back. And like, there's a, a very vivid exchange and you do that in a place where that's possible or that, you know, it happens. Yeah. And also I have a deep resonance with the land and the weather and the grayness. Interestingly, although it's gray and rainy and so on and so forth, it's all also very lush and very fertile. And look at Cotswolds, right? Look at the Stonehenge and mm -hmm. all of this elemental uh, land that we have. I just feel like um resonates with me deeply because uh, growing up from a childhood, I also had a very melancholic, internal, conditioned uh, state. So... I can easily do the sad and the melancholy or the, the pain right. or the suffering, like, oh, it's yeah. bad, sorry, kind of thing. And I feel like, um, yeah, I like the idea of uh, uh, archetypal land of metamorphosis. I love that. Yeah. It kind of feeds into it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And then I mean, there's beauty in the melancholic too, like, and then the, mm -hmm. the gray weather and in the, in the long, cold winters too. Yeah, so I can apparently naturally can do all of this and contain this weather. So right. even though my, you know, genetic makeup mm -hmm. comes from a sunny Europe, mm -hmm. European country, but it, isn't it interesting? We all kind of land uh, on our feet in, in places and homes that we don't really have much reflection. We just think, oh, just I live here, but it's not really that simple. We don't just mm -hmm. be in the places that we do, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the the... The cultivating connection doesn't just happen. The feeling connection doesn't just happen. Even between us as humans, it's something that sometimes needs work and attention and awareness and takes time. And obviously, the reconnecting to land is a big, big part of, poof, I don't know, spiritual evolution individually and collectively. And I think it's very healing. And I'm excited for the day where that's just like vast, regular public awareness and, and skill and knowledge. For sure. Absolutely agree. Um, so Milena, as we're coming to end of our conversation, I'd like to ask two things. One, um, how could our listeners bring more of the symbol and the what you stand for? You know, how you bring in like practical advice or maybe just some of your wisdom in how can they bring more of the symbol and the you know, the uh, elements and uh, uh, all all of these things that we're not really used to bringing at home right. very much. Right. Well, I'm not sure if I'm in a position in my life yet to answer that question, but if I would right now, I would say um, take your medicine seriously, which sometimes means take art seriously and take beauty, like do not stumble across beauty, but actually seek it out. And if you find a feather that you kind of like, but you kind of don't care, you might want to pick it up and just put it home on your, make a little altar and see how you feel about it. And you might dream about a hawk and you might <laughs> suddenly have a relationship or discover that you've always had a relationship. Or if you might kind of like that little stone for no particular reason, you might want to talk to it or pick it up or 
see how you feel sitting next to it or relate to it in some way. And I, I think um, surrounding yourself with beauty and art and medicine is such a beautifully, fundamentally human and very, very healing and transformative way. And very um, gives you the, the, I guess, stability and strength and trust and containment to be able to move over from the steering wheel. Um, so I, I would I would encourage um, everybody, including myself, to take to take beauty where you see it serious, because something might be talking to you or something might be trying to catch your attention and calling your name and you might overhear it. So um, at the same time, don't take it too serious. <laughs> um, that would be also my advice in the same in the same sentence. Like don't 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 be all serious about it. It might not be as serious. It might just be beautiful and playful and easy to connect and to to cultivate. Yeah, that's so beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, go and seek out beauty intentionally, deliberately. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah, <laughs> I I I hear you. I think this is happening for me lately, like uh, when I'm out there, because this summer, again, coming back to the intense initiation, initiations series mm -hmm. uh, of them, it's like I've been to the, um, there is a place in Dorset, um, and one of our guests, speaker, guests on podcast, she held a, a directed a festival, it's called uh, Wellbeing by the Lakes, and it was in a specific land founded by these two couple, they're artists, and this land had a water and trees and it's a very ancient again look UK is just blows my mind with with the way the the, na the nature is structured and what they've done they created life-size arts mm -hmm. and they positioned them in different locations it was just mm -hmm. one of the most beautiful thing I've seen wow yeah and for the first time I started like you said uh noticing things that I wouldn't normally a stone or feather or mm -hmm. this or that or lately I've been exploring more of the UK lands and I feel like I want a caravan and just kind of oh, wow. inch by inch just visit and connect with each each of each square of mm -hmm. this land it just feels like I, I you know it, there's so much that we can learn yeah definitely from the earth and our surrounding and each little rock and tree that's so beautiful it really reminds me of um when we were the, the group that I was in last year or last winter, um, I had such an intense, beautiful um, time with the woods that I was in at the time. And it was even before starting the group or joining the group, um, before the group started, that I noticed a, sh a change in my relationship to the, these particular trees. And, and I've known them since I was very young. But suddenly it was like a love affair. Like I would just go into the woods and just be like... <gasps> <laughs> just the aliveness of the place was incredible and um i'm sure i'm sure people can relate just um in 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 your own i guess psychedelic experiences um and i i felt a new type of understanding in what it means to be in relation to the land and i'm sure that's going to keep changing through the course of my life but it felt like a different new understanding of of, I don't even have to miss this place when I'm not here because it's literally in me wherever I go. And then when I come back, it feels like it, my entire body is like, ah, oh, sides. <laughs> and just like laying in the moss and staring at the trees for days without doing anything, but just feeling the aliveness of the place and being aware that it's not a one-way road, but like a community with uh, dialogues happening with each other and with me, um, which may not be with words. And so... Um, yeah, that would be another thing. I would encourage people to not feel excluded from the big dialogue um, because you expect there's a verbal dialogue. It might not be through words, but it might still be there. It might be more in your body or more in images that you receive or in what you hear. Again, um, it, it comes in different ways, but I think um, it's the most self-empowering thing sometimes to to claim relationship to land. Yeah. And everybody's benefiting from it, the land and the, and the people and all other beings. Yeah, that's all we have really as mm -hmm. well. Like mm -hmm. to acknowledge the sacredness of it. Right, and we learn only through relations. We're like not these like mm. cut off little entities. We're like <laughs> in the web. And, and it feels pretty exciting to be aware that we are in the web and to like blow life into the web and receive life in return. 
Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's so beautiful. And my the other last question was, yeah. what are you working on currently? What are your offerings, your um, projects that you could share with us? And where can our listeners find you? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm definitely happy to link uh, the website and the online shop. Um, I, there will also be a short video of the performance so that, and, and there's going to be images so that people can have a bit of an idea who are interested. I am going back more into painting and drawing right now and giving more energy to working on symbols that are not on drums, but on canvas and paper and fabric. Um, and, um, working more with that is very exciting because I'm so used to working with the drums right now. I come from painting and drawing, but still it feels just a very different type of work because it's not with specific clients' energies. Um, so it's more um, whatever the source of the symbol or the reality it comes from is, that's in the symbol. Um, whereas the, the 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 paintings on the drums and the symbols on the drums are like a collage of, of the person, sometimes a bit of me, and then, you know, whatever, whatever medicine is like assembled there. I also am finding new ways to sort of create realities and design realities. Again, just what I do on the drums, but um, the way I did in the performance, like there can be bigger spaces with larger groups um, where people can be touched by um, by making space for a creation to come through and then be gone again and um, facilitating that and sort of designing that. I'm looking into just new um, contexts where that makes sense, whether that's art or fashion or music um, I'm, I'm sort of curious towards towards all of these um, different types of, of media too. Um, I also just bought a hand pen, so I'm learning a new instrument, which is incredibly exciting, like learning a new language for me, like a new aesthetic language or new uh, sonic acoustic language. And I'm curious to hopefully travel a little bit over winter and fall. I'm happy to be in the UK hopefully soon and um I love that time of the year. I love summer and I love when it's hot, but I think there's something that's like expansive blossoming and fall where there's so much happening always, so much uh, stuff where I take my attention from like being outside more to like creating things. So in terms of that, I'm definitely having long nights sitting in my in my space, painting and drawing and working. Amazing. So beautiful. And we're looking forward to hosting you in the UK, of course. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Milena for all your wisdom and everything you shared with us today. Uh, as always, it's very powerful and look forward to furthering our communication and having you back again, following your projects and what you create um, as time goes and hope to speak to you very soon. Thank you. Thank you so much, Susan, for your questions and your perspectives and um, also what I gained in my work through your work, which has been very, very unexpected and very enriching and very beautiful so i'm very grateful for that thank you it's my absolute pleasure and thank you everybody for listening in and tuning in to this conversation hope you guys enjoyed it um do share your experiences and if you are inspired by this talk drop it in the comments share with us don't be shy and i'll see you guys on the next one bye for now Thank you so much for joining us. Psychedelic Conversations podcast is designed to educate, inform and expand awareness. For more information, please head over to psychedelicconversations.com. You can also share with your friends or leave a review so that we can reach more people. You can also join us in our private Facebook group to keep the conversation going. This show is for information purposes only and it is not intended to provide mental health or medical advice. Thanks for listening.